Here we go! Hey there, my name's Bubba. My name's Anna. And you are tuned into Church Nerds, an LTN radio morning show and a part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Now, if this is your first time with us, which I, it might be, but probably it's probably not. not. Probably I'm it's no. Not. Some people maybe. Most people, nah, dog. They <laughs> listen a lot and they get real mad when we don't have episodes. And I'm sorry, stay tuned in this episode. For the reason why we didn't have one last week, uh-huh. it's kind of our whole it will, topic. It will come up, yeah. 100%. But if this is your first time, I just want to let you know a little bit about Anna and myself. So I am a former church staff member, served on various church staffs in a plethora of roles. Plethora. Would you say you have a plethora? What is that? The, that's a... It's three amigos, bro. And what are they talking about? Hey, sweaters. A plethora of sweaters. sweaters. (laughs) Um, That's a fantastic movie, by the way. I want to watch that movie today, but I don't have time. I got a lot of stuff to do. I can't do it. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I've served, you know, in a like I say plethora because I wanted to say I want I wanted wanted to to say plethora. In a lot of roles, uh, I'm currently a full-time nerd culture missionary that has helped found this thing that we call Love Thy Nerd that a lot of you may or may not know about. And if you don't know about it, you're going to learn today. We're going to teach you all about what we do. Um, everything that we talk about is rooted in some way, shape, or form in LTN. And if you need to know more, you can go to lovelinernerd.com. we got a bunch of stuff over there. I currently serve as a staff member with LTN, and I actually just got hired as the new House of Worship onboarder. That's a working title. Um, don't have really a job description or a title yet. It's kind of one of those mm-hmm. one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is for an iOS iOS <laughs> iOS based video switching company called Switcher Studio. If you can't say iOS, are they still going to keep you? I might start second-guessing whether you can do this job. I don't say iOS very often. It's a lot of, I type it. Uh I just say iPhone or iPad. iOS. Or mobile. iOS. Mobile device. (laughs) Do you have a mobile device? It's not an Android. I don't like the way you're saying that. Well, it's too bad because it's also fun. Oh, okay. Um, What was I saying? Uh, So some of you may actually be familiar with the term or the name Switcher Studio because Matt Warmer, my best friend this side of the freaking multiverse and it's not even just the universe anymore it's the multiverse what if a different um I thought about this what if there was another Matt Warmer and you liked that one better I feel we're gonna get back to this in a moment because what we're talking about right now this is real life this is this is the important thing I I feel like I would I, like that's that's just the constant, Matt. In any multiverse, I'm offended by in, this. In any version of the multiverse, I'm not Why? a constant, but Matt Warmbier is your I constant. I didn't. I di- listen. I didn't say you weren't a constant. All right, I just said he was. I just doubt that you'd have that many constants. Two. I only want two. What is um? Oh well, like in uh, oh, maybe it's from the Good Place. Okay. Like, 
Eleanor and Chidi, they always find each other. Yes, the the, 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 they, the but thousands. The, you're or making whatever. it sound like that's you and Matt, and not yes. you and me. Or remember that episode of Black Mirror? Did you watch that with me? Where they kept going through that simulation that, of the, the dating relationship, relationship simulation. Yeah. yeah, and they very always similar. they always kept trying to get out of the simulation together. Uh huh. Like, most of the time, yeah. It's Matt and I. We're trying and to get out of the simulation. That's how they knew that they were the right ones for each other. We're soup snakes. And anyway. that's an office reference. So you may know about Switcher Studio because Matt works there. And also Asia, a.k.a. Kick, she works there as well. Um, I'm actually going to be initially joining the team that she's a part of. Matt is also a part of that team, but in kind of a different a different facet. Probably she's going to be your boss. So. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to say, to talk behind her back. And if she's talk your boss, sticking it to do the man. you get to eat the food she makes? <gasps> yes. <laughs> I'm writing that into my job description. <laughs> Asia also has um, a fun little YouTube or nope, Twitch. stop, stop, Twitch. Full stop, reverse. Twitch <laughs> channel <laughs> called mm-hmm. Asia in the Kitchen. Yeah, Asia in the Kitchen. Twitch.tv slash Asia in the Kitchen. This is like just a mini shout out for her Twitch channel. Yeah. She's from Guam and so she makes like some of her, um, you know, island family foods. Yeah, you can join her familia. And Asia, if you're listening here, and I'll probably tell you this because you're not going to listen to this, but here's what I want. She listens. Oh, okay. Asia, this is what I want from you. I need you to publish what you're going to make to your blog. I need you to tell me what supplies that I need to buy so that we can have cooking with Asia in the kitchen and I can cook along with you. Like a Bob Ross So that I, yeah. But not 30 years or 80 years down the road. Because I just don't want to have to think about what to cook for dinner. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how, what a failure I am at cooking dinner later. But there's reasons. And then Asia, that's how you grow. I'm sorry, everybody has to be here for this. Asia, that's how you grow your social media presence is you have people post their pictures and or videos of cooking their, with Asia, in the their Asia in the kitchen nailed it. Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what it'll be. Uh huh. 100%. <laughs> oh, you're thinking, oh, how can you, how can you mess up just like a, mm. following along? She, ba- mm. she doesn't even like heat anything up. It's all like most of her stuff is just cold stuff you put in a bowl. But I watched Luke mess it up, so I know that I can mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm he a, had her there with her. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry. What were okay. we talking about? Oh, we're talking about how you're going to be working with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, we're going to talk a lot about more of that in future episodes. I'm, I'm sure of it. But I start March first in that, and I can't wait. I really can't wait to see what that develops into. Um, I will tell this you. This is good. It um, is a good. So it, it works with LTN very well. Like oh yeah. The scheduling 100%. and what you're going to be doing mm-hmm. and the connections that you're going to make pair very well with LTN, which is why you've pursued this as opposed to other like tent making opportunities. That's really what it is for me is if you think about Paul in the Bible, we're Christians. Whoops. Sorry. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Church nerds. Bios, you should yeah. have figured it out. Um, but I have I've kind of steered away from other things. This is not what we were going to talk about, but here we are. I I've steered away from other things since I I left my my position at the church. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've actively not pursued other things that right. have cropped we've up. We had some opportunities, but it was like when we really thought about them, prayed about them, evaluated them. It was like eh. we could do this, but 
I, it felt like it was going to end up being a fork in the road situation where yeah. you would have had ended up having to choose. Well, do I really want to dedicate to LTN or do I really want to be dedicated to this? Because it seemed like it would progress to a place where you couldn't do both. And that was obviously not um, didn't work well with that what we felt like God has. That wasn't the point of it. No. At yeah. all. I, yeah. And some of those things, literally, they asked me, would you be willing to give up LTN to do this? And mm-hmm. it's like, you just have to say mm-hmm. no, because no. that's, I, I didn't leave my job at the church. Like, <laughs> I didn't quit the church. Like, that sounds so gross to say that. But like, I didn't quit my position at the church because I just was done with church and I wanted to move away from it and all this stuff. It's like, I, I did it because God was calling me to LTN. And so with this, this actually is, it's a streaming platform. Um, and it's it's a different way to go about getting your content out in front of people. And this specific position at this company mm-hmm. is dealing with other people who were where I was for the last eight years. Where you were also streamer streamers. Yes, which, absolutely. Like lots of nerds. It's a stream. double whammy. So yeah. this to me, and I, I I mentioned this. I was like, I don't. If I'm gonna make tents, I want to make tents where I'm camping. You want to make nerdy tents. I want to make nerd tents. <laughs> and so it was just kind of a really great place to be for me when this thing came up. And I'm a terrible interviewee, by the way. In, Probably. That sounds in right. The, in, I've only had like three interviews in the last 15 years, uh-huh. I think. Um, and in every one of those interviews, I've told them, hey, you can hire me or not hire me, which sounds really like narcissistic and like like I'm a jerk but it's I, I every time I'm like hey really you can hire me or not hire me that's up to you um, if you think I would do well in this then offer me the job you also do things like well you can hire me for this sum of money or you can hire me for this sum of money it really doesn't matter to me and I just want to smack you and be like <laughs> they're always going to choose the smaller number of money duh it's like telling a car salesman, yeah. well, I'll either pay you yeah. $15,000 for this car or 20, but I'll let you pick. But the, <laughs> They're going to say 20. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But I, like, I would rather have the position than lose the position. Mm. Yeah, know? well. And in any of those cases, the sum of money was not, well, maybe not any of those cases. In, in some of those cases, the sum of money was not an insignificant amount of money. Um and some of it was an insignificant amount of money that I was being paid. <laughs> totally, my first, ch- my first church ever, um, I got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started off at twelve thousand a year, mm-hmm. and then ended at under ten. Nine. Yeah, well under ten. Mm-hmm. That's another story for another time. Yeah, but and I guess technically it was my second church, but but anyway, it was. <laughs> Uh, Jaboy has been underpaid uh, before, so I know what it's like. Oh, I remember, yes. And so over the years, I've learned what my value is. And so when somebody throws a number at me of, hey, this is what we're looking at, I can say, well, I think it's going to be more than that. But I could do it for that. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, hey, what about you, Anna? Who who are, who, oh, who you is? I, I mean, we're over time I right know, now. but we don't even need to say know. something. Honestly, I don't even know they're who I am. They're not here for me. They tuned out the whole time I was talking. Nobody cared. And now they're back because I said, Anna. <laughs> uh, so honestly, I don't really even know what I do right now. I'm just unemployed. You don't sleep. I'm not unemployed. I mean, you my job's don't sleep. waiting for me when I come back. 
I'm still on maternity leave-ish um, from having a baby. You start real That's soon, That's also why I'm not sleeping. Yeah, March, which is like around the corner. March what? I think like begin whatever the first <laughs> church day is in March is I will be I back. I think it's the seventh. I don't. I haven't looked at a calendar. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, Saturday, Sunday. It's the seventh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that's I. I do work with children's ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, we we host a light. Well, we usually host. We're life group leaders. Mm -hmm. um, we're not currently hosting in our home right now because germs. Blech. Blech. Uh, like we were on lockdown as far as who we could see and not see because we didn't want our infant to end up in the NICU with yeah. a fever or something like that. But um, so it's easier at other people's houses to make sure that, you know, the germs aren't staying in our house. Yeah. We can just come home and wash our hands and take showers. And it's probably fine. Right. The kids don't. But we I mean, like, we you could. know, theoretically, yeah. we could. So um, but I mean. I guess we have job security as the life group leaders because yeah. uh, apparently our friends have a hard time. Um, like it's hard to not let a bunch of really fun people derail a, a conversation. Yes. It's very difficult. Yes. And um, we really enjoy each other's company. They and really love each other. And they're like most of them are extroverts. <laughs> And they just talk about crazy things. Most of them are extroverts, and the introverts love the extroverts' stories. Right, because they're really fascinating. Um, and so apparently they didn't... We were out for like six weeks as leaders, and we're like, hey, we trust you guys. You can do this. Every single one of you could lead a spiritual discussion. All of you could do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Not a single one of them was able to pull off like an actual Bible study, uh, you know, it's not chapter discussion. Meet. It's not that they, they didn't all, meet. They met almost, almost every week. Yeah. And then at the end, there was one, like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh my goodness, it's Monday? <laughs> we don't know where it's going to be or what we're going to eat or who is going to lead or anything. I think we should just not meet. And I looked at Bubba and I was like, yep, it... it, it it was it time a, for us to come back, and it took a really took a long time for oh, them to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got I, there. We got there. I'm proud of them. I'm but the, so proud but of the them. the group didn't disintegrate. They didn't disintegrate. And so that was which, super cool. Yes, is it happens so easily. We've experienced that before. Yeah. yeah. The, basically water-soluble, those life groups sometimes. They just <laughs> fall straight apart when it rains. Anyway, oh, that's that's who I am. Um, the end. Uh, the end, amen. Hey, we uh, we 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 talked about other things. We ran out of time. We don't have any of the normal banter things. We were going to talk about my natural deodorant and your natural deodorant. I I mean, it could still come up. It may still come up, um, <laughs> because we are going to talk about the snow apocalypse that hit. Yeah, Texas. Not a lot of sweat, but a lot of stress. So. Uh, a lot of not showering, I'll tell a you that. A lot of not showering. So stick around. We're going to come back, take a quick break right here on Church Nerds. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about that, how we got through it, and what apocalyptic living looked like for us in the Stalkup House. More on that right here on the Church Nerds Podcast. <laughs>
This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. Another face is making the jump through the multiverse from the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man series to the new MCU, but it's not a superhero, it's it's Danny Elfman, who's going to compose for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. George R.R. R. Martin is working with Kalinda Vasquez on a new adaptation of Roger Zelensky's sci-fi novel, Road Marks. It is about a highway that can travel through time, linking all timelines and places together for very special people who discover it. Some might use it to explore the vast mysteries of the world, but for others, the road might be their only hope to survive, rewrite life-altering mistakes, and create a better future for themselves and the ones that they love. And that's great and all, but... Aren't we still waiting on that last uh, Game of Thrones book? Come on, George. Just, just focus, brother. Marvel announced a brand new series called Marvel Studios Assembled. It will be a new documentary series of specials going behind the scenes of shows and movies of the MCU. The first special, Assembled, The Making of WandaVision, will premiere on Disney Plus on March 12th. If you want to let out your inner 90s kid, well, guess what? Hot Topic has released a super fun new eyeshadow palette in the theme of Blockbuster Video. Anyone who grew up in the 90s remembers going to rent videos at Blockbuster. It was a huge part of life growing up. Every weekend, we would head to the video store and pick up the latest movies that came out, plus a classic or two, and, of course, that Nintendo 64 game that everyone wanted. Mario Kart 64, anyone? Anyone. Of course, every sleepover in date night had a movie rental. Uh, you know, it was a ritual. It was something that we all loved. Well, now you can take your eyes back in time, I guess. And lastly, the Fantastic Four are celebrating their 60th anniversary this year at Marvel Comics. To celebrate, a number of things are in store, including a new story arc from writer Dan Slott and artist R.B. Silva. The new story features Doctor Doom getting married, and it is appropriately titled Bride of Doom. We don't know who the lucky bride is, but well, that's not going to stop you from speculating, is it? Fans will be able to read the first chapter in Bride of Doom in Fantastic Four number 32 when it launches on May 12th. The main cover art is by Mark Brooks, and, well, I think you'll really dig it. Who do you think will marry the iconic villain? That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Church Nerds, my name's Bubba. My name's Anna. And today we are talking about Snowmageddon or the Snowpocalypse. Uh, yeah. Um, we we live in Texas. We do. Yeah. In case anybody doesn't know, yes, Texas. Warm um, and sunny. Most of the time. Usually blisteringly hot. Yeah. I mean, we, we have, in very recent memory, have days that have been well over 100 degrees. Yeah. I, I think... Um, when we went and visited Matt and Aaron in Kentucky, mm-hmm. that week they had an unusually cool week for the time of year, and it was in like the low seventies yeah. some days. And I was like, "This 
is glorious because <laughs> we had left Texas and it was like 110. It was so hot. And 100, like over 110 some days. And it was, and our air conditioner broke. Remember that? Oh my gosh, yes. It was really miserable. It was really, really miserable. I, re- I, I did not remember that was the same oh, time Oh, I do. I do. And um, and then we went, yeah. So And that's that it was, was a summer. hot summer, but the last two summers have been very, very hot. Yes. Very hot. So all this is not to just talk about the weather, but dang the weather. Well, I mean, we were in February and we had had one day that I think it got into the 80s. And I was like, oh, dang, we're in for another scorcher this year. And then. You mean January? No, it was early February. Okay. Yes, it was. What year am I? What's today? Yeah. No. And so then, but then I was looking at my weather app and I was seeing, I was like, oh, wow, look, it's supposed to get down below the 20s one night and i check in the next day and it said it said 10 degrees was the low and i was starting to get a little nervous because um friends i have lived in texas (laughs) for a minute i have spent i've spent 18 years in texas in this area of texas in fact um never never have i seen a temperature as low as 10 no and then it was like nine and then it was like seven Seven. (laughs) and i was like what is happening and it started to be like oh no it's not gonna just be that one day it's gonna be a weather event yeah and we did not prepare adequately well and i i was talking to some people here in town and they were saying kind of the same thing. They're like, oh, I thought it would last maybe a night. Honestly, a lot of times what happens is it the, the weathermen drum this up that it's going to be really, really cold. And we all actually get like low-key excited about yeah. it because we're, we don't have season. Like <laughs> we don't have cold weather. And so if it sleets, like if little balls of ice fall down from the sky. We all know that that's not real snow. But we tell, but our, we tell kids. our children it is and we're like, oh, "You guys, go look at go look at the swing set. There's a little bit of dusting of snow on the swing set. It's snowing, everybody. Go build a snowman." And then they try. And they try and it's cute and it's fun. And so I really was that, like So that happened in January, by the way. It did. Yeah. And it actually was a significant amount of snow, and we were all shocked. We were all shocked. Like flakes, like not just a dusting. snowflakes. Yeah. And we, yeah, it was exciting. But what I was anticipating happening was the weather people were going to be like, oh my goodness, and then it was going to get down to like 34. Yeah. Like just enough to be disappointing, just cold, but no snow kind of thing. And I'm like, that's probably what's going to happen. It's just going to... Because that's usually what happens. Even that day, like when it blew in, I still wasn't sure. Because I was like, well, it's, I mean, it's kind of cold right now. And then it was like, oh, it's sleeting. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's snowing now? Okay. And then the next morning, and it did get cold. cold. And um, we wake up to a winter wonderland. Like, this does not happen. In Texas, you do not, not in our area of Texas. North Texas, yes. In Central Texas, you do not ever, ever 
wake up and look out the window and see everything covered in snow. Like a significant amount of snow. Mm, this does not happen. We're talking like, for us, a significant amount of snow is you know like three, three to inches. five inches. Yeah. Enough to do something with. And wow, I, it was crazy. And, and so I'm telling my kids, like, you better enjoy this. Day, uh, day one of Snowmageddon. We didn't know it was Snowmageddon yet. It was a right. snow, it was just a snow day. And so all of the children in Texas, now we were losing power. We were losing power and we also woke up without water. Well, because it sleeted the night the night before and then it continued to get colder and it froze and I saw a, a video online of like electrical like workers out there like shaking power lines i bet like shaking the mm -hmm. icicles and stuff off the power lines and so it, texas is just not the the grid the system and nothing about it is we are geared for the heat <laughs> the heat not the cold so uh, that was really what happened was on the first day of it and honestly we had a power outage before any of that started yeah the power we, went it out it was out for almost 6 hours I think the power went out Thursday in the middle of night. the night, no, it went out Sunday Sunday night. No, right? it it did go out Thursday night because I talked about it on free play. Oh, yeah, it went. It was too early. It went out, but it just kind of we no, no, no. But it came. What I'm saying is, it came back. Like it oh. didn't. We we hadn't had the major outages yet. Yeah, it wasn't really part of the thing. But then, so the morning that the, we had so much snow. Um, the power and the water, like we woke up and there was no water. Mm -hmm. um, they busted a main. Yeah, it wasn't our house that didn't have water. It was all of Granite Shoals where we live. Hey, uh, everyone, we live in Granite Shoals. Jeez, well, <laughs> we just went from we live in Texas to here's our address. It was our whole, yeah. little, our whole little town that didn't have water um, because the city infrastructure had failed. Yeah, I thought when the power went out that Thursday evening, and I even said this to a lot of people, I was like, my guess is somebody hit a pole. Yes. Because, because the roads. We were slick. Yeah. And and it's not, and everybody's like, oh, Texas. Texas is bad at, you know, your drivers, whatever. You wear ridiculous things. And I just tell people, here's the deal. I have done winter in other places. And a really cold day up in the north is not the same as an equally cold day in Texas. Because if you're in the north, you have supplies to deal yeah. with it. You have the right heaters. Your houses are built the right way. You have the right road equipment to salt and sand the roads. And they start doing that stuff preemptively. Oh, like yeah, because they, they know what's coming. Um, the power grids are obviously... Uh, well, we were researching and we found out that a lot of times in Texas, they do maintenance on parts of the power system in the winter because the winter is usually a far less draw than the summer. Yeah. So it's a good time to shut things like they don't have everything functional and operational right. in the winter a lot of times because they don't need it. Um, and so that was part of the problem. <laughs> so that that leads to to us, our family, like first day, snow day, like this is the fun part of it, right? Yeah. The everybody kids, on the internet in our area is like snow cream. Our children did not snow even, angels. we don't even have gloves for snow. We don't. We Nope. I, this is, we're going to sound like trailer trash and I'm okay with that right now because this is my life. This is how we live. We put, 
We we put like uh, the grocery bags on our kids' hands. We are not trailer trash. We are innovative. I didn't say we were. I said we're going to sound like trailer trash, and I'm okay I make, with that. No, I make no apologies. It's fine. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> what are you defending here? You just made it sound so bad. Well, anyway. you. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then you tell me if this sounds like trailer <laughs> trash or not. We put grocery bags on our kids' hands, rubber banded them, and then some of them put socks on their hands as gloves. We don't have mittens. We don't have... There. It's hard to find... Reasons aside. It's hard to find waterproof snow gear in our area. They don't just sell that at stores. Sweetheart, we have the internet. Like, I we know, have access but it's to not it. like... What I'm trying to say. We also don't need it. Listen, there's nothing yeah. to defend here, lady. <laughs> this is what it is. This is the whole kind of the point of it is that we were not prepared at all nope. for snow. I had to tell my kids, you can't go outside in shorts. That ain't going to work. <laughs> you have to go put on pants. Levi, shoes. You need shoes. shoes. Yeah. Like these are conversations that we're having with our kids because we just are not ready for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So now, insert snow cream. I did the unforgivable sin of mentioning snow cream when it dusted, you know, a couple of, you know, whatever's ago. And then I was like, oh, well, we could probably do this if it snows more. Caleb, our oldest, our eight-year-old, is like, I'm on it. Don't worry about it. You need Sugar? snow? Oh, <sighs> yes, please. Check. Goes to the driveway. <laughs> Collects snow in the driveway. And brings it inside, passes it off as fresh snow, because technically, he didn't step on it. (laughs) Doesn't think about anything else that goes on in the driveway. Yeah. Or... uh, I think as long as you didn't scrape down to the ground, it probably would have been fine. But he did. (laughs) He did not just take the topsoil. He took all of it. And so, there are... It was... We made snow cream. Mm -hmm. A little gritty. (laughs) A little gritty, um, kind of can can still kind of have. I got that taste in my mouth a little bit, a little bit. But we did it. You know, we were like having fun. We were doing the things. The kids were out there throwing snow at each other, and you no, know, that was that was really fun and all that. For short bursts, I mean, because and then the power started to really go out, and we already didn't have. Um, that day we already didn't have water. And so we immediately became what I am affectionately, affectionately calling snow farmers. Uh-huh. Um, well, and, and when we say we didn't have water, we're not complete idiots. We did have drinking water for, you know, survival things. But that wasn't, we weren't preparing for that. It was just, hey, we're out of water. Right. Because we fill up jugs to drink. I did think about it. And I looked and we had 15 gallons mm-hmm. of drinking water. Yep. And so we were okay with the drinking water, which is why I didn't fill anything else up. What I didn't think about was the water that it takes to flush a toilet and do dishes. If I had been smart and a real prepper, I would have cleaned my kitchen before the snowpocalypse. Guess who didn't? Yeah. Me. I didn't. And so there were all these dishes that I had no water to wash with. And then I'm like... And nor did we have like dishes to eat off of additional dishes. No. <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, I have to figure out how to wash these dishes. 
Okay, well, obviously there's water everywhere on、mm-hmm. top of the ground. This is fantastic. To which her kids were like, "No, there's not. There's just snow out there." <laughs> no, that well, no. The older ones had a discussion with the younger one about how. Ice is actually water, so we had a little mini science lesson. So that was fun,、mm. um, but this was difficult as I'm like, we have all this beautiful snow for doing stuff, and I'm like, don't touch any of it. <laughs> we need it for water purposes. Survival. Yeah. So I was like, please don't, please don't play in the backyard yet.、Um, and we were harvesting、yeah. snow out of the cleaner areas, places like the trampoline、mm-hmm. and. Um, the boxes that we still hadn't put away from putting the trampoline. We had just gotten a trampoline. Had a trampoline for so, one week. The boxes were still in the backyard,、um, and so we're like harvesting places or snow off of these places. Well, then, you know, I needed it for washing the dishes so that we could eat, but we didn't have any electricity to melt the snow. For oh, and this so that around this time is when we get a text from a friend that's like. I just heard there's going to be rolling blackouts in Texas, like routine、yeah. power outages, in an attempt to not have like a catastrophic blackout statewide. Yeah, which it did work. <laughs> did Most, it mostly? <laughs> mostly, yeah. There were places where it got real bad. Yeah, so Austin was not good. Austin, Dallas, was Dallas, good. San Antonio, and Houston—the Houston. four major metroplex areas. Were without power for days, 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 and you can't really go on the streets to go get supplies. Grocery, like trucks, couldn't get into grocery stores because we have a lot of hills、yep. in this area. Like there were places that were just completely impassable. Yeah,、um, because there was so much ice. And TexDOT, love you to death, Texas. Get some salt and snow machines, please, for the love. We had、uh, a couple of people from our church,、um, you know, a friend of mine, staff member Dory, and then also one of our deacons, Jason. They actually took a bobcat out to the bridge and were plowing snow. That was bigger than a bobcat, wasn't it? Well, I'm. Yeah, some some tractory piece yeah, of equipment. Yeah, a thing with a bucket on the front. I didn't know you were gonna quiz me、oh, about、sorry. the name of it. Jeez, get <laughs> on my back, lady. But specific brand. The thing, okay, the the utility vehicle that they used <laughs> to scrape, and then they had somebody call that in and be like, "Oh, you can't do that. Stop." Yeah, because they were just trying to help their neighbors, all of our neighbors, because in our area there's a bridge. Uh, like there's a big, it's, it's actually、water. the it's actually the Colorado River, and it goes through certain areas. Whoops, goes through certain areas, and it, like you have to drive. It's been turned into these this series of man-made lakes,、yeah. and you can only cross in certain places. There's not just roads to get places, and the bridge was frozen over, so you couldn't get from point A to point B safely at、yeah. all, at all. At the very least, you shouldn't have. No, some people still did. I'm sure they still did. I couldn't get out of my driveway. Did you try? Like, no, it was like a <laughs> hockey rink out there. You That's the thing、me? is, everybody's like, "Hey, you should go stay in this house or that house." And、yeah. we were like, "We don't want to get on the road." Are you kidding me? Right hey, now, hey, come drive to my house twenty、no, minutes away. Thank you. No, pass. So no. on top of all of that, we are full electric in our house. Full. We、electric. do not have a, a gas stove. No wood burning stove. We do not、stove. have a gas. No、heater. fireplace. 
Nothing. We do not have a propane blowtorch. We have a barbecue grill. Yeah, we do. That's, but we, that's it. I did read things on the internet that were saying people who were using uh, barbecue grills as heat in their house, and then they were people like, poisoning were, themselves. No, people were using charcoal grills inside of their houses. And yeah, it was like people were a, making some very bad decisions. You need ventilation, friends. I. That's the kind of thing that I'm like, I don't think happens <laughs> in other cities in the north. Like... I don't think they do that stuff because there's a lot of stuff that it's like, well, duh, you shouldn't do that. But we have never had to, we've never been so cold. No. So, I mean, like we, the lights would go out and then we would look at each other and go, go get the the flashlights. Cause I got a whole like Ryobi line of uh, power tools and one of them is a flashlight. And I've got a couple batteries. I'm like, Pff, we gave fine. our children walkie talkies that have flashlights. Mm. We gave them reading lights. Those were great for Christmas. They got both of those things, and they were kind of lifesavers. So all I, battery operated. I go out to get my Ryobi batteries, uh-huh. and they are both at one percent battery. <laughs> and I'm like, we are terrible at this, <laughs> absolutely terrible. And so now what happens is we are like we're looking around the house. And this is like day two. We're looking around uh-huh. the house, going, all right, where are we going to put the fireplace? We have to install a <laughs> fireplace. You know, because now every day is going to be this day. This is our Groundhog's Day situation. Uh So how do we prep? Next time we have a hundred year storm, this is. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna do great. Um, Yeah. And so, but for the time being, we were like, okay, power's back on. Put a pot pie in the oven right now. Well, we charge all of the things. We had to do this because I had some things that I could prepare, but a lot like there were some things like corn dogs that it's like, well. You really can just leave that on the counter and just eat it really cold, and it's probably fine. It's I, not real meat. I mentioned meat. trailer trash before. That's the most white trash thing I hey, can think of. It's. I have seen the pianist. I'm not saying we you were not can't desperate yet. I'm not saying you can't eat. We did talk about eating a cat, though. We weren't serious, everyone. It's yeah. fine. And it was like, what's what if the power's out for, for so much longer? We I was like, Well, I'm My starting a fire in the It starts living to room. go into these really dark places in the dark, in the physical dark. Yeah. Like in the middle of the night, I start thinking crazy thoughts. And one of the crazy thoughts was, What if our culture and our society does not recover for the, from this? And it's the actual apocalypse and like the power grid just never gets back up. <laughs> it's possible. So, but anyway, long story short, everything came back. It did. We we were without power. We were without uh, cell service. We were without water. Uh huh. And it all came back. Yeah, and it really most of the time, like cell and power would go out at the same time, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But we a lot of the time we weren't without both water and power at the no. same time and the, and in our area there were people who didn't have power for days yeah we ne- our house never got below 57 nah so it was it was okay which is crazy because our house is probably the most poorly insulated building probably. in the world probably yeah um, yeah and and all you people who are like I don't understand why it was so catastrophic. Like people's water, the whole, the city of Austin, there was an article that said that they had, that they estimated 10,000 leaks in the water system. I believe that. And it's just not like the, the way they build houses here. They don't, apparently 
in cold places, they don't put water lines in exterior walls. In Texas, you oh, do. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, where else are you going to put it? Almost everybody's water lines are in their exterior walls. And so they and immediately yeah. burst it's when they get just frozen. PVC, most of it, <laughs> or copper mm-hmm. in a lot of these places. So, yeah. um, but I want to share with you really quick before we get out of here, uh, dear listener, what it was like. This is like iconic Texas snowpocalypse, no power, no water. Uh, power came back, internet was still down, no cell service, like all sorts of stuff, intermittent, everything. We're, you know, talking about eating cats. Like it's just that thing. And very long. It was very long. It felt long. The d- day one post snowpocalypse. Uh huh. I'm out on the trampoline shoveling snow and ice off the trampoline because we just bought that trampoline. I'm not going to let mm-hmm. it die. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'll eat a cat, but I'm not going to let that trampoline die. a lot of weight. Die. And so I'm doing that, shoveling it off. All right. Day two, post snowpocalypse, my youngest, my second youngest now, Levi, is jumping on the trampoline in shorts and no shirt. And that, my friends, is Texas. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. Which it is, there was sort of the extreme of like it being so, so cold that made it feel astronomically warm. Like a friend of mine was like, last week, if the high had been 45, I would have thought how cold that was. Today, I'm like, oh my goodness, so warm. (laughs) And I think that that's part of it. He's pretending to be the Hulk. Which is Um, fine. That is what I later learned. It still wasn't... a warm enough day, in my opinion, to like be without 50, a shirt and shorts. It was like 50, or, uh, maybe 55. Like, it was it not was, warm, but the sun was, was out. Yeah. And mm. all of the snow was gone. But it was just so typical. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's supposed to get to 81 today. Let's freaking go. Like, welcome back, Texas. We I missed you. I don't, un- like, it's very confusing. Yeah. I, very confusing. <laughs> I wore a, a, a hoodie yesterday and I was like, oh, well, that was. I guess I don't need that. Did you sweat? Oh, yeah. But don't worry. I have my Dr. Squatch on, so we're fine. There's a there was a meme I saw, and then we'll, we'll close the segment with this. There's a meme I saw that, um, that defined all of this stuff. And if you've been on the internet, you might have seen it. But it was a picture of the U.S., and it was basically showed, like, the polar plunge that was going down into Texas. Texas, just for reference, got colder than Alaska during this. Just like, it's not a joke. Those are just like number facts. The only two places I think in uh, the U.S. that didn't really get hit by the cold snap was the southern tip of Florida and also the southern part of California. Like those are the only two places. But the meme was... It showed the big blue and purple and like all the the huge dip. And then it was like Sub-Zero standing over Texas and it said Sub-Zero wins. And so if you play Mortal Kombat, you understand that reference. His power is ice and he totally dominated (laughs) Texas. (laughs) We did not like it. Um, We did not. Did not like it. We liked it for a very brief amount of time. We got snow cream out of it. Uh, Well, hey, we're going to take a short break here on Church Nerds. But when we come back, we're going to look at apocalypse and you know kind of prepping and what it what it means to be prepared from a biblical standpoint right here after the break on church nerds
This week in nerd history, you mean the world wasn't black and white back then? On February 28th, 1954, the first color television sets using the NTSC standard were offered for sale to the general public. Other versions of the color TV were already introduced and being used, but only briefly, and this became the industry standard moving forward. However, it'd be another two years before broadcast companies could actually record and preserve their productions in color. And in 1958, NBC used the Ampex color videotape recorder to tape an evening with Fred Astaire, the oldest surviving network color videotape. There's a whole lot more information around the transition from black and white TV to color TV, and if you don't feel like going and learning all of it, well, you could just watch WandaVision again. I mean, it's a pretty good show. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Welcome back to Church Nerds here on LTN Radio, the Live 365 app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get our our podcast on uh, our website, lovethynerd.com slash churchnerds. That's a good place to get it there. Uh, today, Anna and I, and also we have a, a very special guest with us right now. Um, it is my young boy, little PJ. And of course, now he's he's being held up to the microphone and he does not want to talk. But I promise you that you will hear him. And he is here to prove that he's not just cute all the time and quiet and a nice little angel baby. He Yes, oh, he's finding he his um, voice and his opinions about and, things. And his opinion is, hold me now. It's more of a declaration than an opinion. It, hold me all the time. Yeah. Not being touched? No, thank you. Yeah, not... Pass. My house, my rules. That's what he says, so... But we're going to press on anyway because, hey, we got deadlines. We got things to do. We got stuff that needs to needs to be done. So we are going to press on with this segment. And today our topic is apocalyptic living. And we really want to look at that in this segment biblically. What does it mean from the Bible's perspective to live an apocalyptic lifestyle. That sounds kind of bleak, doesn't it? Are supposed to live an apocalyptic lifestyle? I think so. I, I, give me a second. I'll, I'll, yeah, I see you give me that side eye. I'll, I'll explain myself here in a second. And uh, regardless of her tone, we did talk about this beforehand, so I appreciate the shade. But we're going to move <laughs> forward. Um, so apocalypse in Greek is the word apocalypsis. I think it's still a, an uh, apocalypse. Apocalypsis. 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 But not, not a V, not but a, a P. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, the Greek word is uh, apocalypsis. Uh, apocalypsis, however you want to say that. I don't know. Not a Greek scholar. Um, but I don't need to be to know that that means to reveal or uncover. Hence, unveiling. Revelation. Revelation, the last Revealed, book yeah. in the Christian Bible, is a book about the end of the world and revealing how things are going to end. Now, in all of that, there's a bunch of really crazy things. Oh, he thought that was funny. 
there's a lot of really crazy things that are going on and there's a lot of imagery that's used and we'll talk a little bit about what the reason is for that but I want to let you know this is not an inductive Bible study is not a deep dive on Revelation. There's no way in the next 20-ish minutes that we're going to be able to even scratch the surface of what's going on in the Bible at all, let alone what's going on in the book specifically of Revelation. There are theologians that spent their entire lives trying to tell you exactly what it was that Revelation was trying to say. Some of them made some really outlandish, wild, you know, uh, you know, ideas and declarations about what it did mean and what was going to come, what 666 meant, you know. The Bible code. The Bible code. You know, the just, Omega code. Yeah. Um, you know, we all loved Left Behind, you know, some of us. Did we? Didn't. Did we all love We it? all did, but also we all, some didn't a little bit. Um I think I loved it more then than I do now. I mean, my parents were like in it to win it mm-hmm. with um, the Left Behind series and everything. I remember uh, reading the teen books, and I didn't read, but I, I mean, remember reading the teen books. They were like interesting, but then I think that some people took oh my gosh those books as like scripture instead of an artistic rendering of i want to say right now if you are one of those people who have and i don't know what do you mean by those people if you're one of those people who have shaped their eschatology the your 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 theology of the end times your understanding of the end times if you have shaped that around the left behind books i would encourage you to go back and read scripture not to say that it won't happen like that i honestly can't tell you if it will or not but don't cite left behind as your scriptural evidence for why things will happen. I mean, whether or not a whole bunch of people's clothes are just going to be laying around everywhere. and It's going to be know. a pilot. He'll be the main character. He'll turn. Um, you know, Buck, it's going to. Somebody. Oh, man. Oh, no. Dude. Ray, Ray, Rayford Steele. No, oh, Steele. Right? But Bucky. Bucky was. Not Bucky, just Buck. Well, Buck somebody or other. Buck in my heart. And Chloe. Chloe. That's all oh, the yeah. names I can remember. Well, and um, Nikolai Nikolai Gorpithia. <laughs> and I listened to the audiobook, so it was Nikolai Gorpithia. Because apparently he's Russian. Um, I don't know. But anyway. Buck Ford, maybe? <laughs> you be the judge. It's not important. Uh, because they are fictional characters. Uh, and we don't know that it's going to happen exactly like that. But, you know, Tim LaHaye and those guys, they, this was their interpretation. So. We're not going to try and sway you in one way or the other. This idea is about apocalyptic living. And so the idea with the literature itself, you got to understand. And the same thing can be said about almost anything in the Bible. But apocalyptic literature was written to a specific group of people in a specific time period. Full stop. What I'm not saying, what we are not saying, what nobody is saying is that, okay, well, then you can't get anything out of it. That's not at all what we're saying. But I am saying you, you have to really think critically about that, that the the universal and empirical truths that we draw from it are still there, but it did mean something completely different to the people of that day when it was written specifically to them. In the same way that if 
literally, like legitimately, if somebody picked up a letter that somebody wrote to you and it had some cryptic language in it, they would draw their own conclusions about what it is that that person was trying to say to you. Cryptic language, like inside jokes? Inside jokes are cryptic language. That's what she said. You know, oh, who is she? What was her what was her reason for being, you know? I don't think we need to break any of that down. Bingo. And so we won't. But I'm saying if somebody were to come along behind you and read that stuff, they might start to, you know, draw all that. So all of the code that was used really meant something completely different to them. And if I'm being completely serious with you, a lot of that has been lost. And I mean, if you talk to, you know, Jewish rabbis and all sorts of stuff, each one of them will have a different opinion on what that means. Well, I think we've lost that in our culture and our Western society here is that we feel like we all have to believe the exact same thing. But if you go back, even you know, just physically to, to Israel or you go to, you know, the, that culture in that time, it didn't all, they didn't all have the same exact interpretation of what that meant. And I think that the beauty of Revelation is that no one is requiring that of you. That you have to believe. Are you pre-trib? Are you post-trib? Are you mid-trib? Are you no-trib? Like, there are lines in the sand that people have drawn over this apocalyptic literature where we're talking about, like, flying scorpions and stuff in this book. Like, you know, you may say, oh, well, that's that's obviously a helicopter. Obviously. Is it obviously a helicopter? Obviously, yes. What else could it possibly be? What if it's a flying scorpion? Like... No thanks, man. Not interested in that. But like what I'm saying is we we really try and break down the literal and, you know, the the figurative language in all of these things. And I think that we get lost in in translation a lot of times in in our desire and need to understand and comprehend when I keep going back to you know, when Jesus was on the earth, he walked and talked and taught for like three solid years with his disciples. And it wasn't until he died and then came back that the Bible says, and then the scriptures were opened up to them. And it's like they had Jesus right there in front of them, talking to them, talking about, you know, my body is the temple. You know, my, my body is communion. My blood is this. My all Like all these weird things, I'm going to be destroyed and come back in three days. Like he was saying all of these different things that they were going what? Like my favorite meme right now is, uh, it's not a new meme, but it's my favorite meme. It's, it's the one where it says, you know, something like really weird and crazy and out there. And then it's this picture of this lady's face, you know, and she's got like a weird smile on and wide eyes. And it just says the what? And like, that's kind of what I feel would have happened if I had walked and talked with Jesus and he had said some of this crazy stuff to me. So for us today in, you know, what it's 2021 right now to go, oh, well, we have the knowledge of having the entire Bible and, you know, we have the knowledge of all this, you know, science and understanding and wisdom and blah, blah, blah. I still don't think that we get it, that we try and, and read our modern interpretation into, you know, this 2000 year old apocalyptic literature, which it's important to know that this was not the only book or, you know, writing that was flying around at that time that was apocalyptic literature. Flying around with the scorpions. With the scorpions, yep. Getting getting stung and stuff. Like by the way, as a person 
who lives in a place where there are scorpions. They can just, stay on the ground and away from me. For real. A flying scorpion is... And hopefully ugh. they don't get larger than that. Like an emperor scorpion. I'm sorry if this is like trigger. Like, But like those... No, thank you. I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, but anyway, so like for as much as really is known and is revealed about Revelation, I think it's, it's interesting that there's also a lot that is specifically hidden because I've, I know that I've had conversations with a lot of people and they're like, well, we know everything because it's written down. And I'm like, no, that is just not true. That's, that's not even close to a fact that you think that because we have the book of Revelation that we know everything. Things are written in the Bible that's like, you know, nobody knows the day or the hour, not even the Son, only the Father knows. That, to me, is a scripture that breaks my brain into a billion pieces pieces, and then melts it down and hides it all over the world. Like, it's just never going to come back together for me. And then you also have in Revelation 10.4, you have this idea um, where, you know, John's in the middle of his revelation, or yeah, I guess almost smack dab in the middle of it in chapter 10. Uh, it talks about these voices of the seven thunders and then that they speak. And then Jesus says, hey, John, uh, you know the things that you just heard? Don't write those down. Don't record them. It's not important. Well, I mean, it's probably important, but I don't want you to share that with people. Like that, that to me, the fact that that is there and that's in scripture, I think that's really important because it's like, I'm revealing a lot of stuff to you, but there are some things that I don't want you to know. The Bible talks about Jesus when he comes back because that's that's a core Christian belief um, that that Jesus is coming back for his bride. Uh, and we can talk about the whole idea about brides and oh, the bridegroom. I, no, I am going to talk about that. Oh, well, I'm just saying, I was, I was leading up to it. We could. Okay. And Anna. Oh, well, I mean, I don't have to talk about it right this second, but I guess I am. Oh, well, I, I thought that's what you were saying because that I will. Oh, well, because um, so legitimately, as as we're talking about this, like applying to us specifically, um, <laughs> as I was boiling water and we were trying to like in the bursts of power that we had, we were like basically the way we were living was, OK, you get several hours of electricity in that several hours of electricity, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to prepare for the next outage. Yes. Like there anything that you need coming. power to do, do it right now um, so that you can prepare to be without power. Because um, even though they were rolling blackouts, there were people where it was like we reached a point where um, the electric companies were like, yeah, it was rolling blackouts. <laughs> Some of y'all just out of electricity right yeah, now. If you lose power, we've lost control of it. You might be out of it forever. So you, yeah. So it, there was this overhanging fear that it's like, well, if it comes, if it goes out, it might not come back in a few hours. So how do we best prepare to not just be out for a few hours, but to be out for an extended period of time, you know? So we would like start doing all these things. And as I'm like boiling water and trying to bake something real fast and, um, you know, ch charging a battery or whatever yeah. it was we were doing, 
um, I was <laughs> I was thinking about preparation, and generally, Bubba and I just decided we're horrible preppers. We're just terrible. We're the worst. We are not prepared. We're trying to that. fix that. Yeah. We had there were I don't know how many times that we were like, um, we should probably invest in you know whatever whatever thing. Because yeah. the thing is, even though this was a hundred year storm. These like weird storms have been happening more and more. And so yeah. we're like, what do we really need to do? Because apparently this is not just in every, you know, this might not be a once in a lifetime experience like everybody's saying. <laughs> yeah. um, this whole couple of years has been like, oh, nobody's ever going to see a thing like this again. We're going to have such stories to tell to our grandchildren. Um, yikes. And anyway, then your grandkids get to experience the hurricane. Yeah. So yeah. as we're prepping, I'm thinking about that story that Jesus told about the the ten virgins with their lamps of oil and the bridegroom, um, and how like they had kind of had needed to think ahead, sort of thing. Um, and so that story might be confusing to people who are used to like Western wedding types of situations. Right. Um, my parents, lo- I mean. My dad still love it. It was it was part of like one of the things my parents taught a lot as I grew up was what a Jewish wedding looked like because a lot of their theology centers around that, yeah. what because because there are many parables that Jesus tells about weddings or many yep. comparisons to the bride you know of Christ and all of this stuff. So the deal was, you know the the guy asks for he decides you know, on a wife or it's arranged or whatever it is, you know, it happens. Um, he asks the the girl's dad and the girl's dad basically gives him a list of like, here's all the stuff that you need to have in order and the price that you have to pay yep. and all of the things that need to be arranged before you are allowed to come and get her. Yeah. And um, so everybody else like knows the wedding is going to happen. Yeah. But the mo- but. It's not like, okay, on February 24th, everything is going to be ready and then, and you know, that we're all planning for February 24th. Yeah. It isn't. It's like the moment it's done, it's done. It's done. Party time. Let's go get her. Yeah. So everybody who is, I, I have a feeling that they probably knew generals. They probably did know generals, but it wasn't, there was, you know, you waited in suspense. Everybody waited in suspense. Yeah. And then and then he would go, he would be on his way to go get her and the whole town would start to like yeah. basically follow him like a parade. Like, oh, it's happening now. And everybody <laughs> would come. And then they go into the feast and they lock the gates. Like, if you weren't ready for it, sorry. Yeah. Um, but there's just no... It, it, it happens when it happens. It happens when it happens. And you just have to be prepared for it. That's the way that their culture was. Um, and so the deal with these these girls is like some of the girls, they were waiting for the feast to start because apparently they must have had some insider information sure. that he was almost ready, but they didn't know how long it was going to be. So some of them brought extra oil just in case it was a little longer yep. than they thought it was going to be and some of them didn't yep. so, so half of them were fine and they got to go into the feast and the other half were like oh hey can I, can I borrow some of that oil <laughs> and the girls who had prepared were like 
Uh, no. <laughs> no, you may not. Get your own oil. Yeah, you, sh- you should have seen this coming. We all should yep. have seen this coming. Uh, why didn't you just get, why didn't you bring oil? Because yeah. it's kind of, I guess, lazy that you didn't. Yeah, um, you did not prepare well. Right. And I'm thinking about like what that means for us because in general, I try to not be like the whole idea of doomsday prepping. Yeah. I'm like, well, can we just not? <laughs> Number one, I don't really want to think about the end of the world and the collapse of society that much. Number two, like... Doesn't that kind of rob from the now, mm-hmm. the the joy of the moment? And, you know, Ecclesiastes is kind of like, hey, everything is, is in season. If you're in a season of plenty, like eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. You know, uh, don't, you're going to miss out yeah. if all you think about is like this doom and gloom and despair and when there's nothing but then on the other side of things you see how god encourages us to prepare for yeah. things you know counting the cost for towers and and that story about the oil and how you know god gave joseph the vision that they were going to have years of plenty they were going to have years of nothing yeah and he set joseph up to basically save his people yes. and everybody else um by preparing well and planning well and I don't know how to find that balance in well, between the two things. I mean, in the Bible, even gives us if we're able to look and see and you know discern these things, it gives us. I I would say mile markers. I wouldn't say it's like a like a one to one. It's not GPS, but but mile markers to say, hey, this is this is coming, this is coming up, you know. Um, and so I I think that that is kind of what I'm seeing here is is like the people. The people were encouraged to do the work to derive the meaning from Revelation. It wasn't splayed out. Now, a lot of that was they were hiding from, you know, they were a persecuted people and all sorts of stuff, and they didn't want to be like, oh, hey, here's what the Romans are doing, and yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, it was God knew what he was doing when he wrote Revelation, you know, when he divinely inspired that and you know, Jesus went down and revealed all this to John, he knew what was going on. So the question is, like, how does this apply to us today? Most of us live in America and we're not a persecuted or chastised people N- for North, faith. North, North America, America and the United States, these United States. No, not United States. What about Al in Canada? Okay, or that. He's in North America. Yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll just say this side of the world. How about that? Uh, I'll just say here, and then you insert wherever you live in that that moment. But most of us, we, we live in a place where we're not necessarily persecuted or chastised for our faith. Like, I would say even at all, like people might go, oh, you're a Christian. That's not persecution, friends. It's just not. No. Um, so I'm sorry that makes you feel bad. It makes me feel bad too, but that's not persecution. Right. Um, it just is not. Um, so, but there are places in the world where people are being, uh, you know, persecuted to the point of death because of their faith. And so we don't have to deal with that. So how do we how do we apply these things with Revelation, which was written to a persecuted people? Um, here's the thing. I, I think that there are things to be gained from an apocalyptic living situation when the world doesn't really seem to be ending. So a lot of times uh, people use the apocalypse as fear-mongering. 
you know, the end is nigh, the end is nigh, turn or burn, you know, when, when people use that kind of phraseology and they talk to people like that, you might have seen it on street preaching, you know, or honestly, you may have done this yourself. And I would encourage you to examine, is this what you need to be doing? I, I really would. Um, and if the answer is yes, then hey, there you go. But I found that that wasn't the evangelism method for me. Um, I found that relationships were a way better way to get across to people and to to get them to not just change, but to think about change. Um, because what we don't want to do is to use phrases like, if you died tonight, um, as a way to manipulate someone into like an emotional response. Um, if you got, I can't tell you how many church camps I've been to where it's like, if you got in a car accident today, where would you end up? And they're like training the kids to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are, are definite entire evangelism strategies mm-hmm. based around that question. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is, we shouldn't use phrases like that to fearmonger. Or well, the we don't know when the end of world the end of the world is coming, so you need to give your life to Jesus right now, because there's a lot of stuff leading up to that moment. There's a lot of things that a person needs to know and, and kind of understand about themselves, if not even Scripture, and what it means to be saved. What am I being saved from? Um, you know. Well, because I think it is. There's this tendency, like when you hear that, for there to be this moment of panic. Um, we tell ourselves we're asking people pillow questions, but yeah. Really, it's like, well, I want to incite a little bit of panic in you. Put the put the fear of God in there. <laughs> my my parents have a different terminology for it, which is to to scare the scare the H E double hockey the sticks. The H E L L double hockey sticks yeah. right out of you. Yeah, like literally. Yep. Um, I mean that that's not what they were trying to do, but they used that because there was there yeah. was a, a street preaching, like a, a kind of strange church. Um, Right across the street from my mom's yes. uh, yarn shop yeah. on Main Street, the kind that would like have the the haunted houses, yeah. where it was like the hell heaven, houses, heaven's gates, yeah. hell's flames, or whatever. Oh man! Like ha- encourage people to stab themselves with nails. Or no, thank like, you. All kinds of no, weird. thank you. I'm out. <laughs> but um, anyway, I think there's a difference between that and then. Like kind of my my mom's philosophy of living, which was this like see you there in the air. That's yeah. what she always used to say. Um, and this sort of like, well, hey, I'm ready if that's what's coming. Yeah, t- type of um, philosophy that is not as um, s- scary, I guess, because it is. It's like, well. It's not, why are you why are you making a decision to follow Jesus? Is it just because you're afraid? Is it fire insurance of hell? Yeah, or whatever it is. And honest to goodness, um, as much as we laugh at like the the um, Tim LaHaye uh, series, which you guys, I can't like put two thoughts together right now. It's very what's it called? Left Behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so what? I. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, yeah. eventually. But my brain's not firing hey, on cylinders. Anyway, reading those was terrifying to oh, me. Yeah. And reading about, like, reading even what Jesus said about, you know, end times and people, like, woe to people who 
are mm-hmm. having babies mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff, like reading about that stuff, which you can really... There have been times already in history since that happened where you can be like, yep, I know what Jesus was talking about, like fall, yeah. of, fall of Jerusalem, anybody? Yeah. But um, I I would read those things and just be living in fear. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, you want to be on God's team, but even through the apocalypse, like... There's gonna be, there's gonna be hard times. Yeah, and I like I. That's kind of what I'm drawing drawing out of all of this is that it's not fear mongering, but there is there is an element of fear in that. I think fear is a, is a powerful motivator. I don't think it needs to be the only motivator. I don't think it needs to be the the cornerstone of motivation. But when you start to think about that stuff. Is it like that, fear or a healthy understanding of the reality? Well, yeah. So I, I think that that's the difference is that it, it's not manipulation. When we when we ask these questions like, hey, if you if you die tonight, do you know where you would go? Like, I think that that needs to be a legitimate question, not an accusation, because it's usually an accusation. If you die tonight, do you know where you'd go? I know the answer to this. It's hell. You'd well, go to hell. Yeah. But is, if that, it's, is that the right question to ask somebody who you know nothing about? Again, I think that's where relationship <laughs> yeah. changes everything because when you get down to it, it's like, hey, man, I want you to, I want you to think about this. If you died tonight, do you know where you would go? I'm not – you don't need to tell me your answer because this has nothing to do with me. This is about you and Jesus. And so I, I really think that there should be a sense of urgency in it because we don't know. You don't know how much time you have left on the earth. I don't know. Jesus could come back before I finish recording this podcast, you know, or it could be another 2,000 years. I don't know. But what I do know is that when scripture was was being written, it was told to that first century church that the day of the Lord is at hand. Like, as in, uh, I hope, I hope you're, you've got enough oil because it could come at any moment. They even then were told to be prepared and to live well and to live that would in a way that would please the Lord and that would allow them into the feast at the end. Like that's procrastination is not your friend. This is really what I'm trying to get at. So like when I say apocalyptic living, I really feel um, like we should have that sense of urgency. Because here's the deal. We use this phrase, and then we'll wrap up with this because we're way over time. But guys, this this topic, right, is just so – there's so much to it. The, the idea of the apocalypse does create urgency, but not only does it create urgency, it should also create perspective because I think that the beauty of if you've followed any kind of – you know, uh, eschatology or numerology or anything like that, where they're trying to figure out what 666 means, which is the mark of the beast and you know, all this stuff. There, are, there have been so many people that have said, it's this person, it's Nero, it's that, it's yada, 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 it's whatever. I think that it could have been all of those people. Because if you think about it, like your, for lack of a better term, quote, unquote, own personal apocalypse can happen at any moment. Like your world could end at any given moment. You could die. Um, Somebody in your family could die. You could lose a job. Um, You could get divorced. Like there are things that literally 
wreck your world and end it. And that could happen at any moment. So living with this expectancy, living living with this this you know spiritual prepper personality and and you know type of of thought that you have in your mind at any given moment is going to help you deal with those times when they do come because really um, they they will come and the difference is is that people that are prepared to deal actually do deal the best when the adversity hits because there's it's not an if it's a win the Bible tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have it. So, when your apocalypse hits, and I'm not saying that the actual apocalypse is not going to happen, because I, I truly, I do personally believe that there will be an end to all of this. But when your apocalypse hits, are you going to be prepared in that moment to deal with it? Are you going to have the scriptural know-how? Are you going to have the people around you? Are you going to have a spiritual life that is conducive to making it through the apocalypse to the feast on the other side? So this is just us. This is Anna. This is me, um, PJ, just the three of us here talking to you a little bit about what we what we think of and kind of what was put into perspective a little bit for us last week during our own apocalypse, you know? Um, I think um, the only other thing that I'd like to add is how, so there's a, a book that I really like. Bubba doesn't like it as much. It's called Liter- Liturgy of the Ordinary. And um, she talks about losing her keys um, and how this is like a mini a mini, a mini apocalypse where your world kind of stops and how the word apo- apocalypse means unveiling. And the, the way that she talks about it is kind of this, what do these moments where your world is turned upside down for whatever reason, Yep. Uh, what does that unveil about you and the state of your heart? Because really you cut right to the, to the, to the chase there and you get to see like what you're made of yeah. in those moments. And for us, certainly this last week, we had some moments where we had to really sit down with our kids and be like, we're sorry <laughs> for being so grumpy and yeah. stressed out. Be- be- we've never done this before. Yeah. You've never done this before. We're trying to make sure everyone stays alive. And that sounds really dramatic. And someone started crying at one point. <laughs> but it's like, we are trying to do the best we can here. And we've never done it before. And we're not great at it. Yeah. And um, on an emotional like and spiritual and personal level, um, I th- we did okay. Could have done better. Could have done worse. So, but you know, this unveiling of of our character and our belief systems, and you know, do we really take the things that we re- read in the Bible? to heart and apply them to our lives because you will find out real quick yeah. when you don't have water and your power keeps going out and your children are running around screaming and you don't know what to do, you know, yeah. not screaming about, not screaming about power and water, just, just at each screaming. other. Yeah. Just, just normal kid stuff. <laughs> anyway. Well, think about it. Um, let us know. Hit us up online. Yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter at Church Nerds LTN, or we've got a brand new Facebook page that you guys can um, engage with us. Just search for Church Nerds on Facebook, or if you go to our our webpage, 
lovethynerd.com slash churchnerds. You can get to it from there as well. But let us know what you're thinking. Uh, and also, just we want to leave you guys with a little challenge here in case you don't come back for the last segment as we close the show out. Think critically about your own personal apocalypses that you're having in your life. What are the things that are ending your world on a weekly or a daily or a monthly, whatever the cycle is, basis? And what are the things that are getting you through to the next good time? Um, If you're going through something, I'm really sorry. If you need someone to talk to, please feel free to contact myself or Anna. You can send us a message on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also just email Um, You can send an email to churchnerds at lovethynerd.com, and we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Well, don't go anywhere. Hopefully, don't go anywhere. We're going to come back, and uh, when we do, we're going to have a nerdy recommendation for the day and also close out with our Church Nerds memory verse right here on the Church Nerds Podcast. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Tiger Uppercut! Today on Church Nerds, we have a nerdy recommendation for you, and it's something that saved our bacon during the snowpocalypse. I thought we would have already talked about it by now. We talked about a lot of other things. We are sorry-ish that this show is long, but you didn't get one last week, so... You didn't, and that's what I was telling myself. Um, Also, we have talked to very few people. I have. I've talked to very few people Yeah, we barely talked to each other. I have a lot of words... Um, it's that thing that like often new parents do where they just, they see someone in the store and then they (laughs) overshare everything because they haven't talked to somebody else. And we're doing that to you now. So sorry, everybody, but you're welcome as well. Yeah. Um, so the thing that saved us was not power. Um, it was not electricity. It was not water. It was not cell phone service. Power and electricity different. I don't know. Okay. Because you can have power that comes from the Lord. The power it's of not, the Lord. Does yeah. that not save us? It does, but it's not okay. electricity. It's different. <laughs> um, and so the thing that really saved us here was our natural deodorants. Well, so Bubba has gone on a journey um, recently where he's really, he buys everything that somebody tries to sell him on the internet. Listen. And the internet suddenly one day decided he needed natural deodorant for some reason i don't know why it wasn't wrong dr squatch specifically dr squatch natural deodorant is amazing um i can finish your sins <laughs> i was i'm skeptical of natural deodorants and he got it in 
And then he kept shoving his armpit in my face <laughs> over and over over the next 24 hours that he had used it. Like, smell this. Hey. Smell. And I'm like, I yeah. don't want to. Listen, lady. Please. You're it's, in my bubble. Let's tell the story correctly. It That's wasn't what just, happened. It was not just your face. I also did it to the children. Also the children's yeah. faces. Yes. And, and you know what everybody said? Well, that smells good. It didn't smell terrible. And I'm talking, it was better than I expected. That's I'm talking 12 hours after I applied that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mamacita. I, I am here to say Dr. Squatch is pretty legit. It's pretty legit. I have been impressed. So then I was like... Uh, Anything you can do, I can also buy on well, the internet. <laughs> um, the Dr. Squatch stuff is... It's like specifically marketed for men. Yeah, it says it's men. I don't know what would happen to you if you used it. I'd probably grow a beard. It says on the website, it says, feel like a man, smell like a champion. Mm, That's their like catchphrase. And they also sell soaps and stuff. DrSquatch.com. I need to go get their soap. Doctor with a D-R. Dr. Squatch. Also have their toothpaste. They have men's morning yeah. and evening toothpaste. I mean, I've heard their soaps are really good for it's people toothpaste. with sensitive skin and all of that. And that, I mean, everybody loves their soap. Everybody loves their deodorant. I do. It's 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 good. But I was like, is there, I mean, the the women one, obviously, the, the female equivalent to Dr. Yeah. Squatch is Lumi. So it's advertised by those really funny, yeah. that really funny marketing <laughs> agency that does like the, the squatty potty. And, yeah. yeah, and poopery. Yeah. Um, and it's so I was like, well, I'm gonna try it. If Doctor Squatch actually works for Bubba, I'm gonna try Lumi. I will say, it works. Does it not smell d- as good. <laughs> <laughs> it has a weird aroma to it. I don't know. Like, the only way that I can explain it is it smells kind of yeasty. Like I, you say yeasty. It has kind of a sweetish, sourish. I think it smells like kind of Greek yogurtish, like some sort That's of culture. Kind of what I'm getting. Some at. sort of culture. It smells like it's a scent that I can't put a, I can't put my <laughs> finger on. So I say yeasty. Like I just, I don't know. But does um, it work? I mean, it. I think it, it does. Works. I think it does. I think I don't know, like. If I wear it for 24 hours, and by the way, I'm sleeping with a baby who, they make you very hot and sweaty. He's always throwing so, up on you. <laughs> that yes. little jerk is just like, bleh. <laughs> anyway, um, I smell, I would say better than when I use like degree oh, in the 100%. morning. But I can still smell like, I need to freshen up. That's what I feel like. I, Maybe I just feel gross. I will say this. Shower. I'm just a person listening. Please shower. Um, don't don't use this as an excuse not to or shower. Not even Doctor Squatch people, because this is how we know. Mm-hmm. How do we know, babe? I because I have reapplied for several days, mm-hmm. um, and we're talking like wearing sweaters and layering up and all yeah, sorts. Yeah, because of stuff. we were very cold, and you still kind of like cold get sweats that are a thing. Smell. Yeah, I don't cold know. Cold sweats are a thing. Yeah. And definitely by day four of no showers, I could smell you. It was time. I could smell me. A little bit. Yeah, I could still smell the like Dr. That, Squatch. That cold, musty sweat smell that like farmers have. Yeah, smell like a man. Mm. The thing of it is, 
is like as you it's 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 real thick like the Lumi and the and the Doctor Squatch it's it's thick because it doesn't go on like a like a clear deodorant kind of a it's deal. It's not thick. It's mine is like a liquid and you just rub it on. Oh, mine's mine's like a stick. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, and so like it, if you reapply and reapply and reapply, it's you know, you guys know how like things when you layer stuff like it just layers and so it's not an antiperspirant i will say that like lumi and dr squatch both they are not Uh antiperspirants they are deodorants and they do their job so just taking the body odor smell out of the sweat specifically trying to combat the weird culture yeah there's a lot of science involved with like the aluminum and antiperspirants and Stuff like that is bad for you. Yeah, and it just makes it smell weird. Like oh, I don't know. Like I just am. It's, it's been linked with a lot of like dementia yeah. and Alzheimer's and stuff, and I'm scared of getting that because it's in my family like real bad. Yeah. So I'm like, I probably shouldn't be applying dementia to my armpits yeah. right now. <laughs> One dementia, please. <laughs> and so, all that to say, it does exactly what it's supposed to do in both cases. Like, I mean, I, I don't like the sense from Lumi nearly as much as I do from Dr. Squatch. But I will say, if if you're going to go Dr. Squatch, my favorite is Bay Rum. There is a Bay Rum Lumi. But the problem is that it's the base... I don't want to smell that on you. It's the base scent of the Lumi that is the weird smell. Yeah, it's, it's in, it runs in every single yeah. scent. And I'm like, I think that's the actual stuff. Don't get Bay Rum. I wouldn't want to get the unscented variety pass. No, thank you. Get something okay. that's not what I would. But Bay Rum is the best smelling of the Dr. Squatch things. That's what I would use. By a mile. Like, and the other stuff is not like bad, but so it's like. So you can't take the good scent and then be like, I don't want to smell any of the others. Because this is my next plan. Yes, I can. When I run out of Lumi, I want to try Dr. Squatch and see how it works. Hey, why don't you get your own deodorant, lady? Okay. Are they sending you like a thousand coupons? Because no. Lumi sends me coupons daily. No, there is a... It's very annoying. Like a like a partner program, like an affiliate thing. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like, that's just a lot of work. I just you tell people should, about it. You should because you talk about it constantly. I know because it's amazing. This, this is really more to update everyone because I told everyone I was going to try Lumi to see how it compared with the Dr. Squatch. It does. It compares. We have different bodies and different people's bodies Fact. react to <laughs> react to things very differently. Yeah. And I so I don't know. I'm curious to see if Dr. Squatch would work as well on me as it does on you. you I'm not using I mean? Lumi. You don't have to. We're use not this You shouldn't even. It's not for men. Not even Just for leave science. Leave it alone. Um, go and <laughs> check them kidding. out. I mean, we're, all the stuff that we talk to you guys about, they're not sponsors. We're not affiliates. It's nothing like that. These are just things that we like or think are cool or yep. work well or mm-hmm. whatever. So our nerdy recommendation is natural deodorant. <laughs> In general? Yeah. Go, um, go specifically, get, though. Go doc, get crunchy, Dr. friends. Squatch. DrSquatch.com. S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. Squatch. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we have a Church Nerds memory verse, which is really not a memory verse. It's more like a passage. I wouldn't really worry so much about um, memorizing this uh, word for word as much as it is just kind of listen, retain, apply. Yeah. I almost just donated $200 to you version, everyone. Oh, cool. <laughs> my, my lap. Almost because I had my phone it, in my lap. You better do it out of your account. Don't 
<laughs> Which I don't get me wrong. I appreciate the. We probably app. used it at least two hundred dollars worth. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna read um, Luke twenty one thirty four through thirty six. It's not so, as long as it sounds. Um, this is what it says. This is Jesus speaking. Red letters. Mm-hmm. But watch yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness. Dissipation meaning like carousing is another word that has been translated right there. That's the word you carousing. used instead of dissipation? I don't know what carousing means. You don't know what carousing is? No. Like going out and staying out till all hours of the night and getting drunk and all kinds of stuff. Oh, got it. Okay. Like partying, partying. Yeah. Um, partying, partying. Lest yeah. you be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. When he says stay awake at all times, does it mean like have a baby? Uh, yeah, just have a baby. That's uh, a good way to stay be, awake. You'll be good. It's good. So that's all, you know, if you listen to the last segment, we talked about apocalyptic living, biblically speaking, and just being ready. So that's kind of what we're talking about there. But hey, also be sure to check us out online, lovethenerd.com. I was trying to get through it without a Disney ding. Oh. Yeah, thanks for that. Last. Lovethenerd.com. Going to have a bunch of amazing articles and all things nerdy, as well as this show and other podcasts and videos. And if you'd like to directly support our mission, uh, if you'd like to butt dial us $200. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. Just put your phone in your lap. Uh, you can head on over to lovethynerd.com slash give. We are a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Don't forget that you can also select Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice if you head on over to smile.amazon.com, and that's going to give LTN a small kickback at absolutely no extra cost to you when you're doing all of the shopping for the Lumi and the Dr. Squatch that you're going to probably get. Can you get that on Amazon? I don't know. I'll okay. let them decide. It's fine. Hey, you can also find us on social media at Love Thy Nerd on all major platforms and uh, on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com each and every Friday morning. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. I'm, I'm trying to get through this because we've so long this episode. <laughs> uh, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this, remember it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. Jesus loves you, nerd.